this is just maybe the weirdest one because this is an entity on its own that's intelligent. It's not making us more intelligent. It's competing against us, like in many ways. So I think it's really forcing us to think about the potential of human beings and how we can evolve ourselves not to be in competition with AI, but actually bring value to the world in a new way. Welcome to the Expansive Podcast, where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress come from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. So get ready to stretch your thinking and unleash your potential at this week's Expansive Podcast. Welcome to it. And as always, I'm joined by my ever handsome podcast co-host, Eric Kruger, the house husband directly from Somerset West, <laughs> where his wife is out there earning a living while Eric is playing on a podcast. What's up, Eric? <laughs> yeah, that might be the best introduction, the most accurate introduction <laughs> done yet on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, we were just joking off air that Eric, I said, what are you doing today, Eric? He's like, I'm going to go get the Jeep wash, take the dogs for a walk. I was like, well, sounds like a, a Catonian house husband lifestyle you got going on there. At least one of you are working hard in the couple. So uh, big ups to your wife yeah. <laughs> for keeping the economy yeah, yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, apart from all of that, it's going, it's going really well. Um, busy as usual, uh, loving the podcast more and more. Uh, it's been so great. The energy in the pod has been amazing from, uh, the people that who are, who are listening to this, to, uh, the energy between us on the pod, to the energy that Sean has brought to it. And Gerald has brought to it. We've been building out a bit of a team that's helping us to, uh, to get this podcast to really be world-class. And I must say, I was listening to this latest episode. I was pleasantly, delighted not even surprised just delighted that it's become it's come together so beautifully man like i, I was listening to it was like i could listen to this it just it's so pleasant to listen to uh so well done to the team um and also on that note thank you to the team at latitude uh thank you to the photographers that came out fritz and them that came out for the night uh we had our event last week thursday and it was phenomenal what did you think I really loved it. It was really great to uh, meet a lot of the faces behind the social media uh, sort of names that uh, have been on this journey with us. And so it was wonderful to meet everybody there. We did a lot of book signings. We did a lot of Q&A. The venue was absolutely superb. Latitude Cafe, a lot of big ups to everybody there, Lesejo and Chris and the whole crew there for thank you very much for looking after us. We're very, very pleased to also announce that we're going to be doing a lot more with Latitude Cafe and uh, the Latitude Building and Seapoint and really just start expanding and extending these sort of live events just to keep adding more value to our community. So all in all, I think uh, you've, you've summed it up well. I think after 145 episodes, we are really starting to find a new momentum in the pod. And, and I listened to the last episode and really it is world-class. I'd even hazard to say better than a lot of international pods, the way it's edited, the way it's produced. Um, and, you know, I'm always a little bit critical of my input because I always think I could be better. I could speak. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm always like, I, I shouldn't have said that, or I should have said this. Or so I try mm. not to get too critical about my own stuff. 
But uh, the production value, I think, is just absolutely fantastic. So, yes, congratulations to everybody. But, you know, we are always a, a momentum-building, uh, compound interest uh, process of accretion away for becoming better and more successful in any aspect of our lives. And I think mm. this is such a great example of that is that we've just been at it for years and years and years, no matter where we go, we've got our mics with us. We've got our, you know, it's just a commitment level that we've had and uh, it helps that we like each other. We're friends. And so that kind of like, you know, also allows us to like engage with these <laughs> topics, you know, in a more fun way. And uh, I think all of it is just beautifully poised to become much bigger and our aim is to really start to play with the, the Joe Rogans and the My First Millions of the World. So thank you for everybody listening. But let's get into today's pod, Eric. I mean, let's really get into the stuck into it. Uh, mm. uh, even though we're so excited about it, I think we can go on about it for ages because it's like talking about your, your, how proud you are of your child for doing so well at school. But really, yeah. there's much more to this <laughs> pod uh, than that. So yeah, you want to jump into today's uh, topic and what you've got to share? Well, I think we both have something that we want to talk about regarding artificial intelligence because like, it's just, it's everywhere. We can't get away from it. It's obviously something that we spoke about at the event as well. And, at, you know, when I spoke about it at the event, I said that we had um, this Web3 hype cycle where we had NFTs and the metaverse and all these different coins that were launched. And what I felt at that time was that we had all the tools, but we were looking for the use case. And I clearly remember people, you know, finding some sort of a use case and everyone going, ah, oh, you see, there is a use case for it. But it's like, we had to go looking for it. Whereas when it comes to artificial intelligence, the moment it gets introduced into a new system, it is immediately valuable, practical. And um, I think because of that, we've seen this explosive growth over the past couple of months and such explosive growth that I, and this is something I've never seen happen with technology ever is that now there's been a big call from thousands of very, very <laughs> yeah, influential yeah. people for us to stop the production yeah. and the development of AI. Mm. And mm. I mean, I've never seen this, that uh, technology has become so influential so quickly that we are going, Whoa, like, actually, we need to slow down. And so for those listening, there's a, a, an open letter that was written that was signed by more than 1,100 high-level sort of influential business people, including Elon Musk, um, Steve Wozniak, who, for those of you who don't know, he was uh, part of the founding of Apple, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, um, Andrew Yang. So high, high-level uh, influential people that are saying we need to pump the brakes on AI. And the reason for that is that it's developing too quickly and we don't have the proper guardrails in place to make sure that it's heading in the right direction instead of taking us down the wrong path. So you've seen this, hey? I have. What do you think is going to be the result of this, uh, Eric? I think it's impossible to stop progress. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this letter is going to do. I mean, it's like, it sounds futile, to be honest. It sounds futile. And the, and the challenge is, and the, even if you get the good guys to say, okay, we'll slow down, bad actors won't. And so all you're actually doing is you'll just fall further and further behind. 
because a lot of this tech is available to, you know, to anyone to really go and develop further. Um, we spoke last time about AIs being trained on open AI by them just doing it themselves. I think I mentioned on the pod last time, right? we spoke about Stanford uh, Alpaca. Yeah. yeah. Alpaca, so, Alpaca, Alpaca, so. Yeah. yeah. So it's training itself. And so a lot of this is already available to kind of anyone to go and develop further. So you get the good guys to stop. The bad guys just go, oh, thank you for the, the bit of time for us to like speed ahead of you while you need to catch up with us later. So I, I don't see this working I, in, any, I, in any future. Look, it, it reminds me of, I, was, I spoke at a, an event in Abu Dhabi called uh, Abu Dhabi Digital. And it was about the digitization of the United Arab Emirates. And they had the CEO of G42, uh, which is um, uh, UAE's artificial intelligence sort of investment, uh, a very impressive, um, I think he's Singaporean. Uh, I might be wrong, but very impressive. But there was also the minister of artificial intelligence, a really impressive gentleman um, who I see at many conferences, always speaking about artificial intelligence. And he said something really bold, which I think only an Islamic person can say, because I think it's quite challenging to the Islamic sort of process of thinking. But he said it, so I'm just going to paraphrase what he said. And he said that the Islamic world made a big mistake by banning the Gutenberg press many hundreds of years ago. And what had happened many hundreds of years ago is that the clergy of the Islamic faith had said only the Quran is allowed to be read. No other works are allowed to be read, mm. and they banned all other works. And so what happened to the rest of the world is there was a huge advancement technologically and just the way you dealt with the world where the Islamic world introduced algebra and mathematics and was so ahead of its time thousands of years ago because of that insight into the new world. But then by banning the Gutenberg Press and other books, they took it way back. And what the Minister of Artificial Intelligence was saying is like, we can't do this again. And we sh if mm. we do do this again, we're going to go even further back. So we mustn't just be a artificial intelligence partner to the world. We must lead the world in the development of artificial intelligence. So again, I think it's a, it's a scary thing because like when the Gutenberg press arrived, there was a lot of power structures that were questioned because of the proliferation of knowledge, because now all of a sudden books were available to everybody. It was almost like this great enlightenment of, human society because of the printing of books. And now we're at the second type of enlightenment. But if you take electricity into account and the internet into account, you had all these other enlightening spaces. And this is just maybe the weirdest one because this is an entity on its own that's intelligent. It's not making us more intelligent. It's competing against us like in many ways. So I think it's really forcing us to think about the potential of human beings and how we can evolve ourselves not to be in competition with AI, but actually bring value to the world in a new way. And that's the question that most people aren't asking because people are in a panic. But ultimately, we have more potential as humans. We've just never been forced to access it because it's not been necessary. And this is a bump mm. in our own questioning of our evolution that we need to be taking on board. Mm. Yeah, um, I saw a post yesterday of someone who, like, I, I don't know when it was captured, like the 1950s or 60s or whatever, uh, when the calculator just came out and <laughs> there were literally yeah. people in suits protesting, protesting yeah. the calculator. I was yeah, like, what? Yeah. 
Like could yeah. you, that, that people at some point felt so strongly about the automation yeah. of numbers into a yeah. calculator yeah. that they were yeah. like, no, this needs to be protested. Yeah. And we just kind of see, we always see that. Like there's always the resistance, you know, but I, at the same time, I get why they are calling for a bit of a slowdown. Yeah. I get, no, I get it. That this is a very scary technology when you start thinking about the implications from a, a deep fake point of view. We've spoken last week about the, the photos from, for Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, that photo of the Pope in that big puffer jacket. I thought that yeah. thing was real, dude. Like I could not tell. Yeah. Like I thought that was no. a real photo. I didn't even question it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also get your take on something else. So I saw a post saying AI could replace the equivalent of 300 million jobs. Yeah. Financial times. The guy who was, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the guy who was commenting on it was a futurist. And so mm. this was his take on it. He said, this is a garbage prediction. In futures mm. work, we speculate. With regards to automation and AI, we could speculate that things will change, and that's cool. Mm. Tasks are easier, freeing us to do more, or we can shift careers away from flipping burgers and assembly lines to doing something better with our lives. Mm. There are no replacements or distractions, just shifts. There's no point in history where tech has destroyed jobs. Things just change, and tasks are made easier. What's your take on that? Yeah, I agree with Financial Times. Current jobs will be replaced. That's what they're saying. I don't think they're wrong. Mm. I don't think it's a rubbish statement. I think 300 million, if not, I would even go further and say all jobs are going to be replaced in one way or another in the next five years, all of them. But I also think that we must think about work differently. In a world where the zero marginal cost of energy, music, entertainment, education is zero, your access to it is almost costing you nothing. You have access mm. to this intelligence partner of AI, which is like your super brain standing next to you. I, I don't know what the idea of work's going to be. And remember, like we used to work incredibly hard on farms and then factories and now offices. And we almost think that that's it. Office work is the ultimate be all and end all, but it's not, it's evolved. And so we have to keep thinking about what the next level of work is going to be. And I don't, don't, don't think anybody knows and so, yes, I agree. Technology does bring about new jobs, but in this state where technology is totally replacing mm. the way we think and act and, you know, like, I don't know what the next field is. Look, I think the thing that we do really, really well as human beings is connect and have social engagements. And I think that's been lost in many ways. If you think about farming and agricultural times where we had um, communities, co-ops, villages, um, storytelling, which was such a big part of our culture, that's all been taken away from us and it's become quite like insular, lonely. And so I think there could be a move back to socializing and I don't think it will be about just earning money. It will be about just engaging with other people and, and actually just enjoying that humanness of connection, which we've lost. Mm. But I also think that you need less. I think when your consciousness raises, rises, your need for the fancy, the big, the, the blingy just kind of dissipates, you know, it's, it's not as necessary mm. anymore. So I think there's a, a dual, dual parallel thing emerging is we don't need that much. More things are accessible. So what does it mean to be more human? And I think it's socializing. I think it's an emotional thing that we can get back to. And it's not always about survival and it's not always about just by paying the bills and we have to build all of our lives around our careers, not around socializing. 
And so I think there could be a total mm. different mix of it. So whenever I see headlines like this, and whenever we talk about jobs being lost or, you know, we're so scared, we're not asking other questions is how do we evolve ourselves? You know, I mean, that's why I wrote my book. Who do we become? The questions, nobody's asking, how do we evolve quicker? Everybody's going, slow it down because it's taking our jobs. No, evolve yourself. And then that becomes mm. a different energetic process that you go through. You know, um, headlines like that to me is us looking for certainty. That's really what it is. Exactly. Like, I, I'm just looking exactly. for, is my job going to be Israel? Okay. What? Like, yeah. And we know by now it's, this is the thing to be okay with is that you don't know. And actually yeah. I'm, I listen for that quite a bit, uh, quite a bit, you know, in terms of when people talk about where we are heading and, and what the future is going to look like. Mm. The only answer mm. you can give me is, I don't know. That's the only answer. A apart from that, mm. we can speculate a little bit. And we can say, this is the road that we are heading down and we can talk broadly about it. Mm. But on top of that, no one can tell you exactly when you're going to lose your job to AI or what that's going to look like or what you must do. We just don't know. And so you have to play the yes and game. Yes, technology is going to destroy my game and I will be okay. Yes, and I will figure it out. That's the only way. And and the more you can trust in yourself to know that I am adaptable, I can move through the times, I've reinvented myself before, I'll do it again. The more you can just come back and realize that you have what it takes to do those kind of things, the less you worry about what happens out there. Like, sure, at some point, AI is going to replace us speaking on stage at some point. People perhaps won't care for it. Who knows? Maybe the world has changed such a way that we don't do keynote speaking anymore. Who knows? Like, we don't know. And so, like, to stress about that for now is nonsensical. To keep evolving for now is the only answer and, and way forward that I know. So, Well, this is my... Farmer John here speaking from yeah. my farm that I've been growing food because now I don't have a career anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's all going, it's all going. It's so everybody's it's being going. impacted. Like I, I always say in my talks is when you can't predict the future, the only thing you can manage is your behavior. So yeah. focus on your behavior, stop worrying about these things, but let me, let me get into what the, the, the research I've been doing. Cause we're doing a, we're doing a, a AI talk next week. So I've been doing some research. So let me jump into my research. Cause I think it's quite well uh, aligned with what we're saying. So if we think about humans as our current sort of space, we are sort of like competing on IQ levels, the amount that our left brains can process, be analytical and work out solutions. So there's the sort of IQ sort of like levels. The bottom of the IQ level is 70 and that person is called a moron. And it's not a derogatory term. It's just a, somebody that has a low IQ and obviously just hasn't had good nutrition or I don't know just hasn't been educated well. Then you have Einstein that had an IQ of 160. And obviously Einstein is Einstein, but not the person who has at the highest IQ. The highest IQ in the world has been somebody that had 210 as an, as an IQ number. But let's just focus on Einstein because Einstein with his 160 degree, I mean, 160 point IQ came up with the science and the theories behind laser lights, GPS, and the nuclear bomb. We're not talking about, this is some serious mm. life-changing scenarios. I mean, GPS, I mean, the way it's changed all of our lives, laser lights and how laser lights actually helps 
sort of plasma burn, and then you got the nuclear bomb, and that's from 160. So Einstein came up with that at 160. Now, if we understand AI, we realize that AI and GPT-4 is a thousand times smarter than Einstein. A thousand. So that's saying that we are an ant and Einstein (laughs) is AI. That's how much cleverer it is. So we're not even competing in the same chapter here. And so what it says is that Mm -hmm. we are now engaging with a brand new species of intelligence. It's almost as if we're saying that we are scaling human ability and augmenting our brains at a rate which we would never have foreseen. And it's like saying that we're bringing a massively new talented workforce into our workforce at almost zero cost. So you're adding the smartest of the smartest, a thousand times smarter than Einstein on a ubiquitous level. And the truth is, and the truth is, we just don't have the philosophical basis to understand this. We just don't. Like Mm. who, at Mm. what stage have you ever had to deal with this level of intelligence? So AI is arriving at its answers in a way that we don't understand how it's figuring it out. That's the scary part is like, we've given you all the sort of tools and rules, you coming up with an answer. We don't know how you're coming up with that answer. You can't tell us either. It's like going to the human brain and trying to figure out where a thought came from. You can't. The gray matter is the gray matter. You just don't know where that thought came from. And that's what AI is doing to us. So it's arriving at answers in very different ways than we are arriving at answers. And it seems to have a hidden understanding and a meaning to things that we don't quite understand, which is just, it's just so radically out of our comfort zones that we just don't understand it. So I think there's only one option. And the only option is for us to merge with it. There's no other option. Because if you don't merge with it, you're actually taking away your ability to be a thousand times smarter than, than, than um, Einstein. And mm. already, look, already we've got auras and Apple watches and pacemakers and earphones and all these things. And so we've also got to realize one thing is that AI is replacing every job. Don't think your job's safe. Like Eric and I, author, kaput, finished, speaker, <laughs> next, doctors, Ciao, CEOs, cheers, modeling agencies. I don't know if you've seen this, but there's an agency called Deep Agency from Holland. And you can have any model in any color, shape, form made up by AI for you. And you have a model that you can use. So here we are where we thought the drivers and till people would be replaced. They're actually still working while models are stopping to work. CEOs of a gaming company in China has done such a good job. Their, their, their value has gone up 26%. I mean, look, guy, we are in a brand new philosophical world. We are all in it together. The question we should be asking is how do I elevate my consciousness so that I can access more of my brain? more of my heart and more of who I am so that I can start creating new ways to add value to the world rather than being worried about old jobs being taken away. Like your our mm. focus has to change. Our energy has to change. So we're actually engaging with the right questions. Mm. Sure. It's a, uh, it, I like the, I like the take on it that it's a, it's a new philosophical world because I think that actually 
that ties in well with where we started today, you know, is that it's evolving so quickly and we don't have the philosophy to deal with it yet. Um, and so there are so many questions that we're sitting with in terms of, we know that AI gets trained on uh, data fed from humans. So do we end up with AI that's more racist or more biased or all these things play into it. And all of that adds to the, the complexity of the philosophy involved in dealing with AI. So that's actually, a, it's a very nice framing to think about because we tend to think about it quite linearly, I think, in some cases where we just think about the implication of AI for our jobs. But it's so much broader than that because it ends up affecting all these different systems from business to schools to governments. And so when all of those systems are affected, it changes the entire landscape of the world in which we operate in. And it, it, it challenges things like our religions and our our meaning as a person, as, as someone who derives meaning from the work that I do, what does that mean when I'm no longer doing that kind of work and a, a, a machine has replaced me on that? So, yeah, I think we are in a very, very and, and challenging let's, let's add to philosophical that. Let's, let's add yes. to that. Let's add to that that Iran and Saudi have just signed a peace treaty which is the first time ever because they hate each other because they're Sunni and Shiite. Then China is the one who brokered that peace deal, which is now America has moved out of that role. They're saying that BRIC nations, Saudi and Iran are going to join the BRIC nations. They're going to move off the dollar and onto the one, onto the Chinese currency. So you have a dissolving of the American empire the power structures are shifting. We have a new table of power that's now got new players at it. And guess what? America hasn't been invited to sit at this table. So you have mm. the, the demise of the old world. You have the demise of the dollar. You have the rise of AI. You have aliens landing over the next year because that's just a matter of time as well. So, you have to, like, yeah, that always has to be important. Yeah. But of course, don't forget that because what do you think that <laughs> the Pentagon's talking about it, the Israeli army? I mean, that's our consciousness getting ready for some mm. interaction. We know that. So just think about the absolute 180 degree change our lives are going to have over the next five years where we'll be engaging with a new superpower. We'll be engaging with blockchain, Web3. We'll be engaging with new currencies a new smarter entity here that we don't quite understand and ultimately even a new smarter entity coming from another world. I mean, what are we in a movie? Like this is like the, all the movies Dude. all put together Dude. in one yeah. sort of genre. I mean, it's, I don't even know what to say about it. And literally coming out of just coming out of a pandemic COVID. where a virus, <laughs> Jesus. Like, how much, how much do we wow. have to deal with? <laughs> wow. Well, they're just forcing us, you know, it's forcing us to think about ourselves yeah. as humans as more. Mm. And I think this is, this is what it's called to be a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift means you got nothing of your past mm. left. That's why it's not a, it's not an in, incre incremental shift. It's a paradigm shift where everything from the money you use to the intelligence, to the job, to your, I mean, look, even gender fluidity, think about the kids today that are not attaching themselves to male or female. I mean, like, like, could you get more no, integral yeah. to who you are as a human being that your gender is not, not your religious ideas, your money ideas, your job ideas, your, 
it, like everything's up for a paradigm shift. You know? mm. Wow. How, Listen, how, and, how terrifying and exciting. And the only way we get to deal with it is that you have to have more trust in yourself to deal with it. I remember when, when COVID hit, I think it was the, the first leadership manual I wrote. I said, when you, when you are climbing a mountain, um, you know, you'll spend a lot of time preparing to climb that mountain. And, and in the, in the climbing of the mountain, you become better, faster, stronger, right? Like as you go through that process of like, okay, I need this kind of gear. You're preparing yourself for this challenge. Uh, then as you get going into it, you know, you, you're climbing, it's, it's requires endurance. You get into thinner and thinner airspace. Like all of these things are actually making you better as you scale that mountain. But the, the biggest reward that you get from scaling that mountain is that by the time you get to the top, you've become the kind of person that conquers mountains. <laughs> and so Brilliant. now you get to take that with you into yeah. your next climb and into your next climb, because you know that I can conquer mountains. Wow. And that's your biggest gift that you get from that, you know? Wow. So, what a great analogy. The, the, the skill is yeah. in climbing the mountain. What, what does it mean? It means your skill of the future is adaptability. Your skill of the future is unlearning mm. to relearn. It's not about having an absolute outcome. It's how quickly can you unfold, refold, unfold, refold. Because the changes are only starting and the strange new wild world is ahead of us. And the less adaptable you are, the more you're going to just be caught up in triggers and and. And articles mm. like from the financial mail telling you the 300 jobs are going to like, like make you upset. No, elevate, evolve, mm. elevate, evolve, elevate, evolve. Mm. Yeah. And almost don't tie your identity to things, just mm. tie it to this idea that you elevate and you evolve. That is why mm. I'm, I'm someone who elevates mm. and evolves. I'm mm. not a writer and a speaker and a this yes, and a that and a yes, whatever. Yes, yeah. I am someone who elevates and evolves. That's actually... Yeah. Because such a big part of the pain that we go through, and we've spoken about this extensively on the pod, is that when we go through transition, we have to deal with the ending. We have to deal with yeah. the wilderness. We have to deal yeah. with the new beginning. But yeah. all of those things are so deeply tied to our, our identities. Mm. And so when your identity becomes less attached to, I'm this person because I do this thing, and it's more attached mm. to, I'm this person that just elevates and evolves, then that mm. transition, I think, also becomes easier. Well, that's the only transition you need to make. It's like, yes, yeah. it's a big transition, but it's actually the only thing you need to do because there are no answers. There's only behavior. And it's in the manage of that behavior, the emotional intelligence that we have. I mean, this is one of the things I learned from Dr. Joe is if you get triggered for one or two days, you're in a bad mood. If you get triggered for between seven and 14 days, you have a bad temperament. And if you get triggered for longer than two weeks, it's welcome to your new personality. And so if you're yeah. constantly triggered, you are stuck in your past. And so your emotional intelligence becomes of vital importance to becoming adaptable. And so when mm. this new things come out, are you being triggered by those headlines or are you evolving and elevating no matter those headlines? You know, you're like, okay, whatever about those headlines, what can I do? I can't mm. change it. Mm. So yeah, it's exactly that. It's a, your emotional intelligence that gives you the ability to be adaptable. Listen, brother, um, I still have two more topics, but I think we should save them for the next pod because this has been an awesome conversation. I think it's been nicely contained and I think we should just save this container for the specific conversation and not add more topics into it. 
Okay. Yeah, that's uh, very good. I know. I think we think we just rifted on this one. I think we uh, we didn't actually even have a, a clear, clear direction. So I think those are always the best pods. Uh, and also half an hour is a good number for people to just uh, ingest. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for checking in again with us this week. Our numbers are growing steadily. We are very excited. I mean, it's uh, uh, Eric sends me two types of pictures on WhatsApp, some of his dogs and the numbers of stats <laughs> that our podcasts are doing. It shows you the pride that he has for his fur children and his digital yeah. child, the expansive. So thank you for all of you. If you think this podcast will help anybody else, please do share it. We have started to post our um, pods onto YouTube again. So please go there, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We really appreciate that. We have achieved our 200 uh, feedback points from you all across the podcast platforms. Thank you very much with that. And if you feel like uh, you want to add some more um, five stars or comments, please do that. Eric and I are also putting together impact of artificial intelligence on your business webinars. We'll be doing more of that uh, and uh, growing that part of the expansive educational arm. So if you do want to engage with understanding how AI will impact your career, your organization, uh, please do get hold of us. Um, we are already doing quite a few of them and uh, looking forward to sharing more of that research with you. Until next week, be expansive, stay expansive, and ask questions that allow you to be optimistic about the future we're moving into. Ciao.